the Special Education Podcast. My name is Paul Hubbard, and I have dyslexia and ADHD. As a result, learning has always been a struggle. But now, against all odds, I am a successful special education teacher, presenting my insights from both sides of the coin, giving you a different perspective to help you be a better educator. So join me as I daily put the odd in special education. Hello, this is Paul Hubbard again with another special education podcast. Today I am starting a new series. I'm calling it the Meet My Students series. And each episode over the course of the next several weeks will be an in-depth look at some of my most challenging students. Of course, I'm going to change the name of the students to protect their privacy. But my hope with the series is to provide you with a relatable comparison to a student you may be working with. And maybe some of the strategies that I used to help my students succeed can help your students to succeed. I am going to get right into it by introducing my first student in my Meet My Student series, Tila. Tila is a young African-American student who absolutely loves everything girl. She loves to paint her nails, likes bright, fashionable clothes, and definitely strives to be the queen of drama. Tila was one of those students that came with a warning label. Before I even had her in my class, I had been informed that she was going to be a handful. She had quite the list of regular behaviors that would get her into big trouble, but because of how often she would do them, her amount of time in class was found out to be very limited, as much of her time was spent in a principal's office or in a buddy room. As mentioned before, Tila loved drama, and whenever possible, she would exaggerate stories and even make some up in order to create drama. She would often come in on 10, which is how we described the days that she was extremely keyed up and most likely to have something trigger her to result in a eruption of behavior. And on those days, I knew I was going to leave exhausted. Occasionally, some of her wild tirades would end in the destruction of my classroom. And over the first couple months of having her, calling administration was almost a daily occurrence. Tila's mom was a single mother with several kids of her own and appeared to be taking care of nieces and nephews in addition to her own kids, all while trying to work towards her college degree. Now that is the summary of the teacher version of Tila, but I want to talk a little bit about how I got to know her personally. Over the course of the two years I had her in my class, I learned a lot about what made her tick, and it's a different perspective than the summary I just gave you. First of all, she was struggling with the dynamic of always being told what to do by adult white people. As is typical in the education field, especially in urban communities, the student demographic is much more black or Hispanic than the teacher demographic. Now there is always exceptions to this rule, but in my school that was not the case. These are some things that came out in discussions about social justice. That is a lot to handle for an 11-12 year old. I tried to be extra careful as a white male, not to tell her what to do, but to more suggest just options that she could choose from. Another thing I learned about Tila is that she really wanted to do well. She really wanted her teachers to be proud of her. But like many kids who have IEPs, there is normally a limited supply of stamina. And once that supply is up, it's really hard to be good, quote unquote. 
I also learned that Tila was extremely clever. She had an intuition into teachers and knew who she could take advantage of and manipulate to get what she wanted. She also knew which teachers she would try to escape from because she knew that their rigidity would inevitably lead to conflict and conflict normally lead to consequences. She knew how to get into enough trouble where she'd get out of class and get out of work, but not too much trouble to where she'd have privileges taken away at home, such as her phone or TV. It was also very clear that she was often the victim of broken promises. She didn't really trust teachers, and it took about a half a year before she trusted me enough to take me at my word. Unfortunately, this is a very common occurrence in schools. Empty threats and empty promises are way too commonly used by educators. She was also very protective of her friends. To be fair, her friends often changed from day to day, but if you were lucky to be considered her friend for that day, she would definitely go to bat for you. And although there were definitely some rough moments, I owe a lot of my my personal education on how to deal with students of varying degrees of behavior to my two years spent as her teacher. You'll notice that that summary is not only more thorough, but also presents the student in a more positive light. And that can have a big impact, not only on how you look at the student, but also on the student themselves. What you pass on to future teachers can make a big impact on the rest of their year. If they think they have a chance to change their reputation, they might just do it. I encourage you to take the time to sit down and craft these more thorough evaluations of your students, especially the ones that you're struggling with the most. If you attempt to reframe some of their behaviors into positive attributes, it may help you to have the mindset to help them, and you'll just generally appreciate that student a little bit more than you did before. An attribute of a student isn't necessarily negative. For example, you could reframe defiance as a resolve to stand up for what you believe in. That stubborn insubordination that is making you crazy is the same stubbornness that we saw in the Founding Fathers of America or Rosa Parks, or Martin Luther King Jr. The unwillingness to give in often finds its way into the hands of world changers. Keep that in mind. So now I'm gonna talk about some of the strategies I used and why they work so well with Tila. The first thing that I did was remove instant gratification from my reward system. Because once Tila earned the reward, she no longer needed to exhibit good behavior. She had already gotten the reward. So instead of the instant gratification, such as immediate candy or prizes, I elected a weekly gratification, specifically on Fridays. As mentioned before, I have a classroom economy and I have gems that I use as a sort of point tally that students can then spend in my classroom store that is only open on Fridays. This did wonders for her. She knew that she had to maintain good behavior throughout the week in order to have anything to spend once Friday rolled around. She also knew she couldn't get any rewards before Friday. And that's something I could constantly refer back to and be consistent with among all students in my classroom, not just her. Before I was her teacher, she had figured out that as long as she was good the day or even half day before the reward was being dealt out, then it would be really hard for the teacher to justify not giving her the reward, even though she had a week of bad behavior. This system of earned gratification that I use in my classroom made it extremely easy for me to justify why she wasn't getting a big prize that week because over the course of the week she had the chance to earn 
and she didn't. The responsibility falls on her. But in the same way, I could give her gems in the moment of her doing something good to reinforce that behavior. But in the fact that she wasn't able to spend to get the reward until Friday, it increased her positive behavior. The next thing I did was separated my reward system from my behavior system. Nothing she said or did could take away the points that she had already earned. The only thing it would take away is her ability to spend those points. In my leveled behavior system, Level one is full privileges. Level two is some privileges, but limited in some way. And level three is no privileges, just the basic necessities in order to learn. This system helped me be consistent because I could just move a student to a lower level and then every time they requested something in addition to what was being offered to them, I could reference the board and say, oh, I'm sorry, you're on level two. That's not something I did, that's something you did. And it put the responsibility back on them, which means they couldn't really blame me for much because it was right there on the board and it was predetermined. It's not like I decided she couldn't all of a sudden. It was on the board and you just had to live with it. Also in my behavior system, students can move down multiple levels in one day, but can only move up one level at a time each day if they have less than three incidents. This system is what I believed had the biggest impact on Tila. She started to have to take responsibility for what she did. And once she lost the ability to react to not getting something she wanted because it was clearly spelled out for not only her, but anyone in the room, she stopped spending as much time trying to get out of work and manipulate me for rewards and started spending more time focusing on what I was asking her to do. Being that the completion of those tasks would earn her gems, which would then earn her rewards. The last intervention that I did is one that I literally do with every student and I will probably mention it every time I do one of these Meet My Students series. Take them to lunch, not out of the building or anything. Just have them pick a friend or two, take them back into your classroom for lunch and get to know them. Building personal relationships with your student can really take it from someone who feels like they're crossed enemy lines to having someone that they trust and somehow know that they have the best interest in mind for you. Being someone who has a disability myself, I cherished those teachers. And honestly, I gave them my best work, which still wasn't good, but I was willing to show them my best, which I wasn't willing to show to anyone that I thought might out me as being a dumb, stupid person. So if you have a student that's giving their best work to you, you've done something right. You've earned their trust because that is one of the hardest things for students to do. I can attest from personal experience. As I've said before, students will often pick to be the bad kid before they choose to be the dumb kid. So if you can never assess them to truly find out what they actually know, there's a good chance that you haven't built enough trust with them to make them want to reveal this deep dark secret that they're holding inside. It's scary for a student because if they get confirmation that they are not intelligent, all the lies that they've constantly been dwelling on are proven true, and that can be devastating for a student. So in short, earn their trust before you give them a test. To summarize, make an effort to reframe the words you use to describe a student and create a profile that has a positive spin on the student's traits. Finally, I'd encourage you to look into the leveled behavior system. This really did wonders in my classroom and helped me be more consistent. Also my reward system, which reinforces good behavior and also provides that consistency. 
These are episodes three and four. So if you get the chance to listen to them, you might get some tips on how to revamp your behavior system, which can literally do wonders. Finally, I wanna leave you with the result. We still had struggles with Tila from time to time, but at the end of my time as her teacher, she had matured immensely. One of the assistant principals even came to me and said how impressed she was with the maturity of the student. This is the same assistant principal that normally had her in her office when she was going crazy just a year before. Students can change, but you might need to do some changing of your own mindset before you expect to change from them. This has been a special education podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would write a review. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you could do me a favor, share it with any special education teachers you know or think would benefit from this. You can find me on Instagram at special education. And of course, you can email me with any comments or questions to specialeducation at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.